Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. It's 10 a.m. Let's just get down to it. And it's time for your sports fix. Strap yourselves in, folks. From two guys who have covered the teams you're passionate about for years. We are professionals. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson, thank you very much for making us part of your day. Ben, what's happening? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you, Jake? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I like those 6 o'clock games. Nice. Yeah, it's nice. Nice to wrap up a little bit early. Got an 8 o'clocker tomorrow. Is it 8? Yeah. Oh, man. I think it's an ESPN game. It is ESPN, yeah. They scheduled, of course, before they knew that the Nuggets were barely going to have enough players to field the team. Not very good, this Nuggets team. You're right. 8 o'clock tomorrow. At least it's on the road. Home games, I feel like, are a little harder at home. What did you guys do yesterday? We had Zoom issues with Quinn Snyder before the game, so you didn't get to play any pregame sound. I'll tell you what we did, Ben. We did what we're best at. We created content, brother. Shred water. We created content. That's play, what we did. Did you play his little part that we did here? Did you play the little bit of Quinn Snyder that we did capture? No. He has the same distaste for technical difficulties with Wi-Fi that just about everyone on Earth does. So Locke asked one question. He started answering for about eight seconds. It froze up. He disappeared. It came back for one glimpse of him saying, if this goes out again, I'm done. Which is exactly how every, I think, dad... Uh-huh. feels with technology at some point. Which Correct. Is, if, if this isn't going to work out, you know what? It's really not worth my time. We don't need to the do it. The upside of him answering a couple of questions from me or Locke or anyone is just not that high. It's before a Pelicans game. If it was the playoffs, yada, yada, one thing or another, that's fine. He already gives us a lot of his time. So I did not blame him at all for not caring all that much if the pregame Zoom worked, especially when it was a Wi-Fi issue for another team that has... Just zero presence in the NBA. Unfortunately, doesn't matter, which is too bad because the Jazz have their roots in New Orleans. But nobody was at that game. Nobody was certainly there when the game was ending. Nobody cared that the Jazz were in town. Nobody cares that the Pelicans are in town and it's a home game for them. I totally sympathize 
with Quinn Snyder about the technology. Hundred percent, man. Technology zero issue with it. Technology has left me behind a long time ago, Ben. I, I still make I still make phone calls. I use my phone you for do. like three different things. My um, so you and Megan were blowing my phone up this morning while I was trying to sleep. I thought, who are these people? My wife my wife uh, just got a new phone, and I'm telling you what, the thing could like power the space station. Huh. It's amazing, and she uses it for for everything. Right. My my wife uh, yesterday. She's an you and I aren't important people. My wife now she works in the tech field. Granted, but she found out yesterday that she has a coworker that has four microchips implanted in his hands for various reasons. He could, like, give you his business card by waving his hand over your phone. Oh, that's like a magician. Like, I'm never going to do that. No. I mean, no, there's certain you. websites, I guess, that no. he has to get into that that require this microchip to get into it or something. That's, uh, that is madness to me. I can't believe that's where we're going. And I don't think I'm, I'm ever going to get there. I still help my parents with logins. In fact, I had to last night in the middle of the game. I got a call from my parents because they wanted to watch a movie that was on Amazon Prime. And they have Amazon Prime. I just had to tell them how to open Amazon Prime so they could watch it, which they have at their house. Uh, that was my... I'm at that point still with my parents, but I'm sure it's not that far behind where my kids are having to tell me who celebrities are. Because like my nine-year-old's already starting to know things because he'll be on Fortnite or whatever it is, and he's like, he learns things that I don't know because they will have celebrities come on or they'll make like a celebrity character you can play with in the game. So he knows people that I don't know. So I recognize very quickly that I'm only escaping the storm for so long. It will catch me and overtake me, and I will then rely on him to be my sole source of technology, understanding, learning, and everything. Well, listen, he's just going to have to wave a microchip in front of your face, and Correct. you're going to automatically know. Which is fine. <laughs> It'll be a great <laughs> it's advantage. Gonna be like, it's going to be literally like the Jedi mind trick. It's going to be like, Dad, now you know. And Here's be my like, password. Oh, I get it. <laughs> like, Here's the login to your email that you've changed mind 30 times. It was blown yesterday. When she told me this, that that one is actually a thing. That sounds like one of those weird, like brainstorming ideas that high school kids come up with for projects. Like one day we'll have microchips in our hands that we could just wave in front of a this thing called the cellular phone, and it will uh, automatically log me into. uh, (laughs) Oh dang it! I lost it. What's the? uh, uh, Never mind. Facebook. Twitter. Oh, I was going for, for Instagram. What's the What's the one for uh, uh, guys stepping out on their wives? Oh, Ashley Madison. Ashley, is that what that would? I is? think so. Yeah. No. I only remember that because we had a, a dispute where ads were – we used to carry sporting news radio, Ben, and they had some Ashley Madison ads running. And we got a lot of complaints. A lot of complaints. And I had to, I had to figure out who to talk to because these were sporting news ads and – yeah, I had to I had to tell Sporty News like, "Hey, we're this isn't going to work in in Utah." <laughs> I googled Ashley Madison because believe it or not, I'm unfamiliar with this. Which is first of all, their logo Madison has a wedding ring instead of the O, which is slapping somebody in the face. And then it says affairs and discreet media, married dating, and there's a login, and then right next to it says adultery. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah, it's the low the low point oh. of, of human society. I get it. There was Canadian actually an online dating service and social networking service marketed to people who are married or in relationships. I think there 60 was sixty million users. I think there was a hack of it several there years was. ago. There was and yeah. That. And some some, some emails were were put out there. Spread panic. <laughs> but see if you had a microchip in your hand, maybe it'd be a little more secure. That I don't takes know. It's a lot of work. Like I'm gonna get on a dating service to cheat on my spouse. That's a lot. That's like a real effort. 
You know what I mean? Like, there's like the casual encounter. There's like that we talked about somebody in an airport yesterday. We were having that conversation. We like, were. you run into somebody, something's going wrong in your life, and it's just is there. You know what I mean? And like, you make a mistake and you make that decision. Like, being like, you know what? I'm going to send my email. I'm going to develop Create a password. A profile. There's three yeah. security questions that I have to remember what street I was born and my mom's maiden name. And then I'm going to search through people because I'm so unhappy in my current relationship. I'm going to test out all these different people before I find somebody. The 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 gall of that website is is impressive. It's yeah, the way Sporting News was running ads, <laughs> but at this point and I Sporting News radio was taken it's funny because we won't even have like a gambling ad. Whatever. The, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, look, gambling can ruin your life too, just like an affair can ruin your life. But there were uh... – But it was a fairly racy commercial too. It was like this is not – this is not for us. I don't know what markets this is really is Who is it for? Is, yeah, is that's what I'm for, curious about. But, uh, we're getting phone calls. I'm trying to so. think of what stations I've worked with, like who the sister companies that I've worked with that would be like good for Ashley Madison. They're like, you know, they're not for us. But you're sleazy enough <laughs> that you want to run these this website. I don't know. I've seen radio companies air some pretty oh, I've worked with some sleazy people. Crazy advertising just for oh man, we could we could tell some stories just to get that cash in the door. Yep. <laughs> but in this case, yeah, that created a headache for me. It <laughs> created a headache uh, for this guy. Not right the biggest here. headache for some people. But microchips, Ben. Yeah. Micro microchips are a thing. I like the know. idea of just waving your phone over somebody and saying, "Well, now you've had an affair. <laughs> <laughs> you've cheated." <laughs> All right, uh, let's let's start things off with the Utah Jazz. Ben, one and zero on the road trip, a, a win. I think we uh, we both thought the Jazz would get. Uh, they uh, they did not get off to a good start, but they sure closed the game well. Specifically, uh, Donovan Mitchell. You know who's good? That Donovan Mitchell kid. That guy. Yeah. That everyone's talking about. I, I imagine this because, and we see this. And I had this conversation with DJ and PK this morning. Uh, yeah, when and you were when you were trashing me, kind of reminds me. I didn't trash you when you were insulting me publicly they asked me on, where a, you on a highly rated morning show, the highest rated sports radio show in the mornings. And- Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, they asked me where do I would rank you among my hosts that I've worked with. You put me at seven. I did not. I said top seven. You put me which at could go anywhere seven. from one to seven. I did not. I said top seven. That doesn't mean seven. I said top seven. I've worked with six or seven guys. If I were top two, you d- you've worked with six or seven guys. <laughs> uh, and you're up there. Uh, you rank. You uh, made the rankings. Irregardless, as my friend PK would say, uh, I wonder about this, Jake, because when you only see certain players at certain times, you can deceive yourself into thinking they are better in the NBA than they actually are. So a good example of that for Jazz fans would be Lou Dort, right? Lou Dort has averaged 25 points a game against the Jazz and locks up Donovan Mitchell and plays you know, he's just an extremely good defensive player. And whatever he does against the Jazz makes him look really good. Right now, Jazz fans, if you were to say, hey, you're going to get Terrence Mann back in a trade, Jazz fans would probably be like, whoa, I remember him hitting six threes against the Jazz in the second half in game six of a playoff series. 
And that eliminating the Jazz or Brandon Ingram before his horrendous 3 of 18, 10 point performance last night. Remember, Brandon Ingram has historically averaged like 27 points a game. Yeah, he's been very good. Mm -hmm. So you could look back at some of these guys and be like, that guy is a superstar. And then when you actually get them night in and night out, you recognize some of their warts. Jay Crowder's a guy a lot like this, where when you play him twice a year, you love him. And then when he's on your team, you start to realize like, oh, he takes some bad shots. And oh, he's actually not as good defensively as you think he is. I have to wonder some teams who are seeing Donovan Mitchell. And look, I think Donovan Mitchell's fully fledged a top 10 player in the NBA. I don't think it's actually all that debatable at this point in his career. But the Pelicans last night, when you see Donovan Mitchell score 15 points in the fourth quarter, he broke two guys' ankles as badly as you've ever seen in the NBA this year. He hits step-back threes. He throws insane passes. You must watch those games as a Pelicans fan and walk away being like, this guy is... Michael Jordan. I mean, this guy is as good a guard as there is in the NBA right now. And you know what? In some ways, that's probably a more accurate way to watch a player than when you're in Salt Lake and you see Donovan every night and you remember, oh, he missed this shot against the Warriors. Oh, he didn't get a great shot off in the Jazz loss to the Memphis Grizzlies. You kind of look at their warts a little more closely. Donovan Mitchell is absurdly good, and he's gotten a little he's gotten a little casual here in Salt Lake of recognizing how good he is because we see it so often. Last night... Anyone who's a New Orleans fan has to wake up this morning thinking, oof, Donovan just kicked their butts last night. I mean, that was a dominant, dominant performance, especially in the second half. He had 10 straight points in the fourth quarter. There are not a lot of guys on earth who can do that against any team. And got to the rim at will. Whatever he wanted to do. Yeah. He, he, he had the ball on a string last night. He was absolutely toying with this Pelicans defense. And he was bad in the first half because he didn't seem like he cared all that much about flipping the switch. And then when he did, he took over. So it, it's a very... It's a very interesting conversation because I think Lou Dort would be fantastic for the Jazz. And I don't think it's because the times we've really seen him, he's been good, which sure. he has. Sure. But I love his skill set from a defensive perspective Correct. that would be so valuable to this Jazz team. And he's not a great three point shooter at 31%. I don't even know if you'd say that's good. But he'll take seven and a half, so he's going to take it. So you have to pay attention to him at right. least on the other side. And uh, but I mean, he's he's the type of defender that can go take the other team's best player out of the game. And how many how many of those are there in the NBA? Right, there's really not a lot. There's two or three. You know, Marcus Smart's one of those guys who would be another target for the Jazz. Who I think if we're talking about trades, which we're kind of stumbling on this conversation, yes, those are the types of guys that are out there that you could potentially lean on. Who else? Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi's not even that guy anymore either. No. Like he Paul can George. be. Paul George. LeBron used to can be. be if he wants LeBron to be. Like, there definitely. are guys who can, but you're right. not going to get LeBron. You know, there's just. It, that, that one's off the table. He's, that's going to be hard to get for Joe Ingles. Uh, there are a couple of. But the recent, or not recency bias, but the, the, the bias of when we get to see them and how they play against the Jazz is really a thing. For sure. But I don't. I think Lou Dort would be the perfect addition. Uh, Marcus Smart, too. Uh, Correct. Right. And you know what? Even. I'm a really huge believer in tone setters. Like, I think that's really a thing. I know we don't always feel that way. And, and, you know, this goes back to a good Jay Crowder conversation of, like, I don't think he's actually great as a defensive player. Like, he got got burned a lot by guys just saying, like, I'm going to take you off the dribble. But he kind of set a tone. They're like, I'm going to play hard, so if I'm playing hard, you should probably play hard, too. Like, we should all play hard. If, if, If the Jazz are passing, everyone's passing. It's contagious. Because... If you pass the ball six times in the blender, Boyan doesn't catch it and just say, like, watch this. Watch me dribble four times, which is Jared Butler's problem, yeah. right? Like, the blender will start, and Jared Butler will catch it and be like, dribble. <laughs> Let me slow this down a little bit. It's Jared time, it's everyone. Jared. Like, that, you can't do that. So, 
Jordan Clarkson is so far from a perfect player. That's not breaking news. Jordan Clarkson knows it. Everyone on the Jazz knows it. Quinn Snyder knows it. But you know what he is? He's a tone setter. He comes out and he really cares. He's really competing on the offensive end. And sometimes it leads to bad shots, but nobody's mad at Jordan Clarkson because he's, he wants to win. He's really out there not for Jordan Clarkson. He really is out there to play and to win games and try and create something positive for his team. So he's a tone setter despite his many flaws on the offensive side and certainly the defensive side of the ball. So if you could find, which is funny because this is the type of trade we're talking about, a tone setter defensively for the Jazz who doesn't have to be perfect. You're not going to find a perfect defensive player, but let's say they do as much for the Jazz defense as Jordan Clarkson did for the Jazz offense when they traded Dante Exum for him, which just injected this this confidence in themselves to be able to do something that they weren't doing before, that can really be helpful. And look, you got Jordan Clarkson for Dante Exum in two second-round draft picks. Like I see this narrative on Twitter. It was going all over the timeline last night during the Jazz game that no one's going to want Joe Ingles. It's like, do you think no one wants Joe Ingles in a $14 million expiring deal on a guy who hits threes and can still be a good playmaker? Someone wanted Dante Exum, who was an awful player. I mean, Dante was terrible. And that's no offense to Dante. He just, he got hurt so often, he never developed, and the Jazz threw in two second-round picks, and they got the sixth man of the year back for him. You don't win every trade like that, certainly, but the idea that someone's untradeable or you can't find a piece that can help you win is is bizarre. Ben, you had me at expiring contract. Right. Joe Ingles could be not playing, and he would have the same value. You're probably right. And even then, I actually think he probably still has positive value for a team that wants to I teach their guys I how to play. I didn't say that he doesn't have value. Sure. It just doesn't matter. You're probably right. Because worst case scenario, you get out from it. If Detroit moves Jeremy Grant, they're not trying to win. They don't right. care what they Correct. get back. Correct. They want somebody to fill a uniform. No, they would love matter. some picks. They Which would, love- would really suck for Joe. But right. that's where he's going if he gets moved. He's going to a place that's going to open up cap room so they can figure out how to pull it out of the fire. Yeah. And I do wonder... I mean, there's a couple of names out there. There's a name out there that would be really interesting that's also expiring, who's having a similar trajectory right now to Joe Ingles, who's got $12 million left on his deal but expires this year, and that's Robert Covington on a team right now in Portland. Now, Rocco, a year ago, two years ago, teams were giving up two first-round draft picks to trade for Robert Covington. Like, he was the elite 3 and D wing in the NBA. And you watch Robert Covington right now, you look at his stats, he's basically out of the rotation in uh, Portland. He's shooting 30% from the three-point line. He's got, like I said, $12 million left on his deal this year. He's only averaging six points and five rebounds. He's not shooting particularly well. 39% from the floor, 32% from three, like I said. Woof. Like, those aren't great numbers. But also, then you bet, like, okay, Joe Ingles isn't giving the Jazz a whole lot. Maybe once every five games, he kind of brings his numbers up because he'll have a six-for-11 game and averages 17 points. And it makes up for his nights where he has... Three points, four points, one of six shooting, which has kind of been the case, unfortunately, for Joe Ingles recently. And it kind of evens those numbers out. So maybe you go and say, you know who I don't trust? It's not Robert Covington who I don't trust. I don't trust Chauncey Billups. I don't think Chauncey Billups knows the talent he has. So I think I can go get that player for Joe Ingles and Robert Covington. And if I put him next to Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell and really put him in a role to succeed, which Quinn Snyder does very well compared to a lot of coaches, especially Chauncey Billups. Okay, maybe you have something there. Like, I do think there are a couple of interesting pieces out there that you might be able to give up Joe Ingles in a second-round pick to get a Robert Covington back. And you know what? If it doesn't work out, he expires at the end of the year, and you're fine just like you were with Joe. Roco? That's what they call him. The kids call him Roco. Roco? Robert Covington. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah you get it? Roco. Uh, why would Boston move Marcus Smart? 
So, looking at the NBA standings. Just punting? First of all, he's, he's owed quite a bit of money over the next few years. They just signed yeah, they, into a new contract. Last year. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that would be the reason that they say, you know what, we just need some new blood. We don't really believe what we're having. We want to make changes. Marcus Smart wants out. I bet you he's not the easiest guy to have in a locker room. And you know what? He's averaging 11 points a game and five assists and four rebounds. Like He's, he's certainly talented. He also is shooting 39% from floor, the floor and 28% from the three-point line. Like You're not getting a perfect player back if you trade for Marcus Smart. And they were kind of in a spot where they had to pay him in the offseason or whatever it was last year or risk losing him and making him unhappy. And he was kind of the consistent winning piece that they've had carry over for their last yeah. five or six years before Jason Tatum. See, and then the other one with Lou Dort, I, I get why Oklahoma City would move him, but I don't get why Oklahoma City would want what the Jazz have to offer. Exactly. Exactly right. So, I mean, that the, is the difficult that's part. The same part. That's the same problem with Jeremy Grant. Correct. Is why would, you know, they're looking to down the road. They want to flip it for picks and maybe young pieces, and that expiring deals matter to underachieving teams. Yeah. Here's why you want like, to get rid like of Like Portland needs cap relief desperately. Yes. And actually, you would save them a. Now, they might end up taking on a million dollars, but you can throw some cash at them. You know what I mean? Like, you right. can throw cash at Portland and a second round pick and Joe Ingles to take on Robert Covington. Right. And then you save, you can give them a little bit of money in that two or three million bucks. You can send them in a trade and a second round draft pick. They can sell for three million dollars. You can be like, look, here's six million bucks that you guys want this cap relief and you're going to get it. Because Portland's books are brutal. They are brutal. Yeah. And they're bad. They're just bad. They don't have a chance. I mean, they, they won last night without Dame and without. C.J. McCollum. So yeah, it was a nice win over Atlanta. They gave up 56 points and 14 rebounds to Trey Young. Like Trey Young's great. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> 56 oof. and 14. How bad do you have to be defensively to let one guy do that to you in, in 48 minutes? It's over. 50, oh, it's they, over. They, it's over. They should move on from Chauncey like today. Yeah. So anyways, I mean, he signs. The, the reason you trade Marcus Smart is because you say, you know what? We just don't want to be on the hook from a flexibility standpoint for four years and $50 million that he still has on his deal after this year. That's a lot. So if you can say, hey, we'll punt on that, we get Joe Ingles, we're out of this contract. Yeah, it's not what we thought we were getting as an asset back, but he's shooting 40% from the floor and 28% from the three-point line. You say, fine, we'll, we'll take that. He's having one of his worst you know, seasons of his career, and Boston's not where they want to be this season. That's why you could potentially see him available. And, and you know, Danny Ainge is going to know what they like for him, what they want for him. He's going to have some insight on that. I'm surprised you you saw Buzz out there that Joe Ingles was unmovable. I mean, that's jazz fan talk. Yeah, there's you know blogger talk and ridiculous talk of like who had doesn't who does and who doesn't have value. I mean, there were people who were mad when the Jazz traded Dante Exum for Jordan Clarkson. But this is, I mean, this is totally the heartless part of the the business. I mean, oh, I mean, can you imagine trading Joe Ingles? Yeah, I mean, can you imagine calling Joe Ingles into your office and being like, "Well, Joe, hey, thanks for everything." It's been seven years. You've been one of the best players in franchise history. You're beloved by the fan base. But Robert Covington's available. So and he's four inches longer than you are. Headed to Portland. Enjoy, uh, Enjoy your offseason. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You know, especially Joe recently is the guy who's, who's lived here the whole time because of <clears throat> Australia's situation and a <laughs> really deep part of the community. But, you know, if it's in the best interest of winning a title this year, which is the Jazz have made clear is the goal, I mean, that's the part of the business that's tough. And we just think about it as, as video games. We just think about it as, oh, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, this right. for this for right. that. But no, we've got three kids that are in school. Traded no. in, your, in your job. Imagine uh, oh, yeah. Scotty told coming you, in hey, here. Hey, Jake, we like you. <laughs> but there's a guy in Portland we like more than you. So pack your stuff. Take the wife. 
Your new show debuts tomorrow, I think. Yeah. Maybe they might give you a day. It's to way get it different. Together. <laughs> it's way different than the way you do here, though. <laughs> and you have no choice. So, uh, yeah. See ya. Yeah. Sayonara. It's good knowing you. There's a reason that Dennis Lindsay always said that that was the worst part of the job. It's got to be just horrible. It's Moneyball. That's why he says you can't be friends with the players. You know, don't be nice to any of those guys. They're not your buddies. You're going to have to trade them at some point, so you yeah. can't be too close to anybody. It's crazy. What a, what a crazy thing. All right. Uh, it is time. Joining us now is going to be hanging out with us uh, throughout the show from Premier Wave, our friend Dr. Justin Johnson. What's going on, doctor? Jake, how you doing, my friend? Good, buddy. How was California? Oh, my gosh. Uh, other than the results, it was fabulous. It was such an entertaining game, and thought we had it there to the last nine seconds, so, but a building block. It's a building block. We were laughing because the last time you came on with us last week, you, you did one of your spots from the airplane, and we were, just, right. we were just wondering what the people around you thought about that. Well, it perked her interest, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's let's help some of our listeners out there because, you know, this stuff is, is easy to kind of laugh about, but it's very serious things that people are dealing with. Yeah, you know, it's so prevalent. Most people don't realize that more than 50% of men over 50 have some type of erectile dysfunction and more than 30% of men over 25 have it. And so you don't need to live with it. And people are like, you know, what can I do about it? There's so effective treatments nowadays, especially with the machine we have. It's FDA approved. It's specifically designed to treat erectile dysfunction. We've been getting great results. And, you know, it's a new year. People are talking about, hey, losing this, that. We're talking about gaining something, gaining back some some things that you've lost. And so now is the time because there's no better time to treat it than the new year. Start a new, you know, a new life. Because, um, you know, sexual wellness and intimacy is a very important part of life. It's one of the you know, most important parts, and you don't need to suffer from it. And so we're running some great specials. Um, you know, we're running a, we're extending our 0% financing for 24 months. So if money is, is an issue, you don't need to worry about it because you don't have to put any huge amount down, and you can finance it for 0% interest for 24 months. Awesome. All right. 385-360-WAVE to take advantage of that. Uh, PremierWave.com as well. Uh, Premier Wave And, uh, Doctor, we're looking forward to hanging out with you throughout the show. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's good to talk to you, my friend. Take care. All right, buddy. Uh, that's our friend, Dr. Justin Johnson from Premier Wave. Again, 385-360-WAVE. 385-360-WAVE. Or premierwave.com alright Ben we'll have more coming up next Randy Ray is going to join us toward the end of the show at 11.50 so stay tuned for that Jake and Ben 97.5 and 1280 The Zone time for a Jazz at 30 update here's Coach Quinn Snyder on team defense and what he wants to see improve from his team as a whole when Rudy's not there, he can't cover up our mistakes. But I think part of our growth as a team is those guys that are on the perimeter. We just need to be determined to stay in front no matter who's on the court. That's not necessarily a one-on-one situation. It's all the other guys being shifted, creating a crowd. You know, if someone's going to go by you, don't let them beat you to the middle of the floor where they have more options. And that's going to be something for us that's, you know, the boards and being able to stay in front, you know, taking pride in that containment and taking pride and defensive rebounding. This update is brought to you by Five Star Painting. Refresh the inside or outside of your home with a five-star experience with Five Star Painting. They've got the time, skills, and tools. 5starpainting.com. That's 5starpainting.com. Better than I! 
Yes! No Your home for the best sports coverage in Utah. You're listening to Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake, you ever bake bread? Uh, I've assisted my wife. Did she get into it during the pandemic like everyone did? Uh, I would say she was into it before that. And she's not like super into baking, but she's a very like, she likes to tackle things. You know what I mean? Yeah. And baking was one of those okay. things. She got into it for a She's pretty bit. good. She's not bad. Baking's, it's like a cool skill. Right. It's difficult. Yeah. The juice isn't worth the squeeze. Because you can go get a loaf of sourdough for a buck ninety nine at any grocery store that tastes really good. Now I get the artisan idea of like making it yourself, and there's some pride in there. And I told you I, I recently the other day did the shadiest thing of my life, which was not shady at all. I went to a friend's house and got a sourdough starter from him. But I'm sure if you looked at it from the outside, where I walk up to this guy's door and he hands me a package, and I turn around and walk out, it looked much worse than it actually was. And it would be so boring if you realized this little tube of stuff I got had a sourdough starter. No, I'm not buying drugs. No, that's not drugs. This is yeast. uh, This is fermenting yeast and water and a little bit of flour. So did you do it? No, I haven't done it yet. I'm just wondering if you've done it and had any tips for me. Well, it's hard, and I'm intimidated by it. I'm intimidated by sourdough. The other, the other breads are not all that difficult to make, but there's something about sourdough that's finicky. I'll tell you this. This is what you and, uh, and my wife, for that matter, have over me. I don't like trying new things. Huh. That's a very admirable ad- admittance of just saying, you know what? I'm I done. like what I like. I'm I've here. peaked and I'm I, okay with I that. I do it. Try new things. Uh, you know, I could take it or leave it. Megan, how do you feel about new things? Um, I'm for new things. I mean, you're doing this job. Yeah, this right. This is a new thing yes. for you. I bet you this isn't where you were planning to be. No. How did you get this job? Why are you here? And I mean that in the nicest way. Like, I'm, we're glad <laughs> Jeez, you're here. You are we're mean. thrilled Miller, Miracle Megan's here. I've known here. you for years, and I didn't know how mean you were. Why are you here? I started as a remote technician for the station. Because you liked radio, or you just wanted yes. a little extra work? Because I liked radio, and I like people. Okay, and it kind of seems exciting. Like, radio mm-hmm. seems exciting when you get in. And actually, it is very exciting. Like, radio is a fun business. It, like every job, is different than you expect when you get into it. You know, it's a little, just all everything works differently from the inside than it does from the outside. But then you just kind of have worked your way up because you're reliable. Exactly. And so yes. many people in this business are shockingly unreliable. <laughs> and good. Oh, and Megan's great, right? Megan's reliable and talented. Let's that there, mean Ben. For sure, I always always tell you how good Megan is. How mean you were. Where did this come from? I'm trying something new. (laughs) You're going a different direction? Your rep is like the nicest guy ever. See, it's funny. Should I take it personally? Here's the thing. I'm really curious about what my reputation is with people around this business. I used to think you were nice. Yeah, but we've talked to each other. We've done shows together before. I think there. I think my real personality is different than what my perspective was. Perspective was media wide. I've really thought about this a lot. I put a lot of hours into wondering what people think about me versus what I actually am. Because I think sometimes when I'm working, I get my blinders on, uh-huh. and people think I'm mean. And then you get me in the same room, and you realize like I can talk to you and I can ask you questions and be a very normal person. But I wonder if people think I'm a jerk. 
But maybe now you're saying I'm a jerk in real life, so it's, maybe my reputation true. is all thrown off. You know you're a big deal, Ben, and you act like it. <laughs> maybe that's the thing. Uh, that's I've it. never – I'm not a big deal. I know I'm not a, big, a deal. big deal. I've never felt like I'm a big deal, but maybe I've put that off to people that I feel like I'm a big deal, and I've certainly never felt that way. But there I feel there has to be a reputation that exists about me because it seems like people are shocked when they meet me that I'm not cruel or something. But apparently I am cruel. I'm being mean to Megan. You just asked her what she's doing here. That's a fine question. I asked it bluntly, but it's a what? Why are you here? What are you doing here? That's well, got a believe little it bit or not, Megan, you're 29. So we decided. Yes, 29. There are not a lot of 29 year old women who are floating around in this business. So I'm curious why she wants to be here. And I'm happy that she's here. I'm thrilled she's here. Really? We went to bat, not for Megan. I mean, you've earned this job, but like, we wanted Megan. You and I both wanted Megan to come in and be our producer. That's true. We did. You could soften it like that, though. Megan, we wanted to be your producer. You know, That's why we could... wanted you here. But why the hell did you want to be here? <laughs> Even that's better. Okay. Well, we're glad you're Because then here. you're insulting... Us, not her. You see how that works? Yeah. We don't need extra work insulting us. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's easy. Can't go around insulting others. It's like we were talking about yesterday. You're surprised when people don't listen when you uh, when you open with an insult. <laughs> Get a tune out. <laughs> I didn't insult Megan. I just asked her why. You kind of did. She wanted to try something new. And then she said, you know, we said she was doing this. How about this? Should Should Quinn Snyder start insulting his team about their defense? Okay, from he did last time? night yeah, for the first time. Yeah. Quinn Snyder, this is a good launching point. Quinn Snyder is so good about not throwing guys under the bus. And then last night, he said, it's really hard to grab a rebound when Mike and Donovan are trying to rebound against Jonas Valanciunas. But believe it or not, when Mike and Donovan and then Boyan Bogdanovich comes down and tries to grab a rebound, we actually have a chance. Now, in a sense, he threw Boyan Bogdanovich under the bus. A little bit. Because the first guy, he said, we're not going to grab a rebound if only these two do it. But if this third guy, who's notoriously a horrendous rebounder, actually tries, we get a rebound. Well, who had zero rebounds in the first half of the game last night when he was talking about the team playing in mud? Boyan Bogdanovich. And who had three rebounds in the final, whatever, 18 minutes of the game that he played? Boyan Bogdanovich. Like, Boyan Bogdanovich probably got told at halftime, are you going to rebound? <laughs> Are you going to try in this game? Are you going to try to help? Because Rudy Gobert is covering up your mistakes. Can you cover up that back end? Then if he's going to go out there and defend your big guy and switch out onto a three-point shooter, will you rebound for him, please? (laughs) Because he can't grab the rebound when he's 18 feet away from the hoop. So Mike can't do it, and Donovan can't do it because they're six feet tall. And Jonas Valanciunas is six foot eleven, so we need our six eight guy out there to try as well. And then, sure enough, he ended up getting some rebounds. And you know what? The Jazz second unit was horrible last night. Horrible outside of Jordan Clarkson. And even then, go to the box score of the first half. You can look at the first half between... Yeah, Jordan uh, had 11 at, uh, at the half. Points. Joe Ingles, Rudy Gay, Jordan Clarkson played a combined 35 minutes in the first half. Joe Ingles, Rudy Gay, Jordan Clarkson combined 35 minutes in the first half. How many rebounds do you think they got? Ballpark it for me. In 35 minutes. Uh, three. Two. 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 Jordan Clarkson had zero rebounds, zero assists in in 12 minutes in the first half. Rudy Gay had two rebounds, or two assists. He only had one rebound. Joe Ingles had one rebound and one assist in 12 minutes. 
They were just bad. They're just the effort wasn't there. And Quinn Snyder, I mean, Quinn Snyder came out and said the offense was bad. He said it's really hard to run pick and roll when Mike Conley walks up the floor and runs into one of his teammates because they haven't spaced the floor. He was uh, a little grumpy. He was grumpy all night long. Yeah. But he was mad in the Zoom call that failed before the game. I told you that. And then he was incensed at some of the call. I mean, you could hear him over the broadcast because Bowler and Thurl and, and Holly are having to do the broadcast from here in the arena. Right. So they have the mics tuned up a little bit higher in New Orleans. And picked up some words a few times. You could hear him yelling at the officials on a review, which usually he's like, okay, I'm going to use this opportunity as a timeout to go and talk to my right. teammates and let the refs do their thing. And he was coaching them through the review of what they were looking at and why it was wrong. And then after the game, when I kind of, my gut feeling was, I bet you Quinn, Quinn Snyder comes out and says, this is a good win. You know, like you, you didn't yeah. play great and you still got a victory on the road. And, and usually he kind of has some of those where, hey, we didn't play great and you got to win and it's a tough place to win. And New Orleans has won five of seven before this game. That's a good victory. He didn't do that at all. He came out and he was pretty sharp and on top of it. And he wasn't mean. Like we said, he didn't necessarily throw anyone under the bus, but he was pretty pointed in his criticisms of his team. And that is not something he's done a lot. And it does make me think that the Jazz looked at that Warriors loss and it has had an impact on this team on a much bigger scale than one of 82. Like this feels like the you Jazz. You think it's rec- the Warriors game? I think it's Quinn watched his team stand around all night. Oh, and I, I, I think that's part of it. I think if you were standing around after a win, after you'd beaten the Warriors, you might be a little bit okay with that. But you lose to the Warriors, and then you come out with a lackadaisical effort in the first 24 minutes of a game, and I think that could bother you. Because there has okay. to be some urgency. And I do think that that's what is coming out of the Warriors' loss to me. It's felt big to me. It felt like there was a recognition that the problems they had in the playoffs last year are still here, even though they've been so good on the road, or even though they can roll out of bed and win these games. There is something still lacking, and it's either going to be fixed with a focus on attention to detail, or it's going to be fixed with a move. And I don't think Quinn wants to necessarily make a move. If you don't have to, and you have this chemistry, don't tr- don't throw a wild card into the mix. That's probably really hard to do. But man, you got to play harder then. And some of the guys who probably should be playing harder don't look like they're playing all that sharp. We talked about it a little bit yesterday, right? When we were talking about should the Jazz make a move or not. Well, are these other guys going to step up to the next level defensively or aren't they? Because that's their big flaw. So if you're going to fix something, you better fix it or at least get better performances out of the guys you've got. Because what's going on now uh, isn't, uh, isn't going to get it done, certainly. So, you know, if you think Boyan or Joe or whatever is capable of giving you more in the areas that you need, namely rebounding, glad you brought that up, and, and certainly perimeter defense, then, then you've, you've got to figure out something else. But the, the thing with this version of the Jazz, obviously, is the, it's all focus or whatever buzzword you want to use. They can turn it on and turn it off. And part of it, I think, is they know it's all about the playoffs and the regular season doesn't matter. Whereas last year they had something to prove coming off the Denver series, and they were going to go out and give you big-time effort more often than they didn't because, again, they had this you know, motivation to go out there and play hard. And when you tell somebody that the regular season doesn't matter and it's all about the postseason, then and you get inconsistent effort and focus on nights, are we really all that surprised? And here's the thing. We need to better define it's all about the postseason. The post saying it's all about the postseason doesn't mean nothing matters until you get to the playoffs. I know. It means you have to do all the things you have to do to prepare to win when it gets to the playoffs. But even Rudy can't take a compliment when David Locke gives it to him on the walk-off interview. Like, hey, hey, Rudy, man, you're just playing great. And he's like, oh, I hope you're saying these nice things about Correct. me from April to June. Yeah. Like, right. 
I mean, Rudy can't even take a compliment. But here's the thing. I think Rudy, Rudy has got the right attitude about it. I mean, Rudy's big blow-up after the Jazz lost to the Pelicans three weeks ago or wherever that was. I mean, it was probably a month ago now when he was like, how, how old do I have to be before we fix these problems? Do I have to be 40 years old before we fix this? Because it's the same thing every single night. These same problems. Rudy knows what the problems are. Yes, because he stands there at the back of the play and watches it. Correct. All night. And Gobert is doing the things to fix the Jazz for the playoffs. Like, he is trying to get better. He's trying to be a, become a better low post player. He's trying to make sure he makes his free throws. Like, all the issues that he has had that have taken him out of games in the playoffs previously, he's worked on to improve. He, you know, he's better than he was when the Jazz were losing to the Houston Rockets early in yeah. these runs. He's doing all the things to fix them, and I think he's looking around and being like, am I the only one? Now, Donovan Mitchell is too. Donovan's so much better than he used to be. Mike Conley's getting better. But then it is about some of those ancillary pieces. Are they going to do enough to make sure that they're fixed? And I think those are, that's what it, all the playoffs are what matters. The playoffs don't mean nothing else. Saying the playoffs matters doesn't mean nothing else matters. It means you have to do everything to make sure you're engaged in the playoffs. And I do think that's why the Warriors' loss was particularly shocking. And, uh, you know, when, when Hassan Whiteside now for two games has been out of the lineup, Ben, it, it really highlights the Jazz problems on defense. Last night, when everybody's getting beat, there was one play that Joe got beat so bad. And Are you gave mean up. the one where he's right under the layup and just watched the guy get and a layup just right around him? And just, just watched him go by. We don't even notice Joe doing that. If Hassan or Rudy are on the floor. Right. We don't even notice that. Right. And then without them there, you notice it. Like, wow, that layup looked pretty easy. Let's hit the replay. Oh, he just stood there. Yeah. Didn't even move. Yeah. Didn't lift his heels off the floor. You know, wasn't even on his toes. Just full two feet flat it's, on the ground. It's it's an attitude that I think is understandable. Like, uh, there's a there's a famous story about Kyrie Irving and, and LeBron James and one of Kyrie Irving's, uh, when they were teammates, and one of his coaches goes up to him and was like, how about uh, how about you make a play for him over there, kick it to the corner, and, uh, and Kyrie goes, yeah, that's number 23's job. That was his response. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, when you see defensive effort like that, you think, like, in their mentality is, oh, man, that's 27's job. Yeah, right. And with twenty seven eight there, right? You notice that uh, the how did Lou Brown put? Don't give me any of that Olay, yeah. You know stuff, yeah. Oh, I mean, we, we well, I'll see if I can pull the audio and I'll send it to you. We'll, we can play it in the next hour and even in the next segment. Sarah Todd asked Quinn after the game. He said, "You know, Mike talked about how you guys they need to play a little bit better defense, even when Rudy's not in the game." And Quinn was like, let me get this straight. I mean, Quinn is not usually facetious. He's usually not passive-aggressive. Yeah. And he was passive-aggressive. And not towards Sarah. It was directed towards his team. He's saying, are you saying Mike said that even when Rudy Gobert's not on the floor, we still have to play defense? Like, those are pointed comments yeah. at the, the exact play you're talking about. Of, of Joe Ingles standing flat-footed while someone gets a layup around him while he's three feet outside of the paint. You know, like... You, you got to try. Rudy Gay is watching guys just beat him, overcorrecting for steals on gambles he doesn't need to be taking that no one's ever told him on the Jazz to gamble for that steal, ever. No one's telling him to play that way, and he's kind of taking it on his own to, to make some of these gambles, and they're bad decisions. And yeah, Quinn Snyder says, are you telling me we still have to try and play defense even when Rudy's not out there? Which is exactly what you're saying. It's not 27's job. It's what he's best at, but that doesn't mean it's only his job. Yeah. Sometimes you have to stay in front of the guy you're guarding. At least occasionally. At least occasionally. <laughs> and the Jazz still aren't doing it very well. <laughs> Joe is good at the Euro foul, though. He's got that down. Man, he's lucky it's kind of teaming up with his last contract season because they get rid of that in the NBA next year. I don't know if he can play. He doesn't run back. Like, his best defensive skill is the Euro foul. 
at the moment. At it the moment, he is. Yeah, and he's already. I mean, the Jazz's transition defense when he's on the floor, the defensive rating is horrendous mm. because he just doesn't get back. All right, stay tuned. We're way over. More Jake and Ben coming up uh, on the other side, uh, right here on ninety-seven five and twelve eighty The Zone. The sports you love, the teams you can't live without. Get a sense of urgency. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 975-1280 the zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. <laughs> and twelve eighty of the zone. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson, talking a lot of jazz basketball, but we can still talk some college football if there's some uh, still fallout from the Rose Bowl. Certainly was a great game. How are you feeling about it? As you've digested, I, I heard PK being grumpy about the lack of attention that it's gotten nationally. The Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl. Huh. I mean, that's natural right now. I mean, I'm not talking about the Cotton Bowl. I'm not talking about the Sugar Bowl. I don't know what happened in the Citrus Bowl. Kentucky won a game. I feel like everybody... The Iowa? I feel like the Rose Bowl was the buzz for was, a while. People were... And, you know, it, it, it's its moment. And, and honestly, here's the thing. Ultimately, what most people expected to happen did happen, which is Ohio State won because they have these superstar players. It's like kind of a straight storyline. It's kind of an easy storyline. There wasn't this a great emergence or there wasn't this great storyline that came out of it other than Stroud is going to be the Heisman favorite next year going into the season. Like that's kind of the only major storyline that I think is going to have a lot of carryover other than the Utes are probably a top 15 team going into next season. Oh, I would certainly think so. I think there's the favorite in the South. I know everybody's yes. got Lincoln Riley-itis right now, but I'm not buying it. Yeah. I'm not buying it till I see it. So I call you saw the favorite in the it South. It takes a while. He doesn't have his guys there. He doesn't have, you know, it's, it's going to yeah. take a while before that team is playing the way he wants. And Jackson Dart's going to be good, but he's still going to have to, you know, he's going to take some losses just because he's young. You know, he's still going to throw bad interceptions in the red zone that you can't afford to throw as a young player that he'll have to learn. And then by the time he's a junior, he'll be really good, but he's just not there yet. So, yeah, the Utes not just going to be the favorite in the South. They're going to be the favorite in the Pac-12. I would think so. I mean, that's an interesting question. It's it's. I mean, they've got the best returning quarterback. Oregon's a really unknown because they're losing of the, their best player. Uh, the coaching change, and you know, so yeah, I would I would say at this moment in time, it would be Utah, right? I don't think it's close. I mean, Utah. The rest smoked of the, Oregon. Oregon was bad. A Oregon's last month of the season was atrocious. It was really bad, and and really, it feels like the rest of the league has a long way to go. I mean, it's like, funny. We, we I get why Utah fans have this bad taste in their mouth. I get it. You just went blow for blow with Ohio State. That was a great game. You went blow for blow with them. And, you know, like one or two mistakes, like a muffed punt. Or not even a muffed punt, but, you know, a blown snap on a punt that the punter dropped. You don't have that. You probably beat Ohio State. Now, you had a kick return for a touchdown. So if you want to say it evened out, it probably evened out on special teams. Quarterback sneak for a touchdown. Like from 50, 60 yards, 60 60 yards yards away. But like you went blow for blow with Ohio State. You ought to go into the Pac-12 next year thinking not only are you going to win this thing, you're going to win this thing going away. You're so far and away better than anyone else in the Pac-12. It took the greatest performance in bowl history. Correct. 
and they barely won. Right. So to your point, yeah. And so we'll see what happens with Tavion Thomas. He wasn't particularly good in that Rose Bowl. That is not the launching point. He probably wants to be his last game before he declares for the NFL draft. Maybe he still does. But you got Cam Rising coming back. You're going to fix issues in the secondary because you're going to have transfers that want to come in and play with Cam Rising. You're going to figure out the the, the punting game. DNs are still going to be good next year. They're young, but you know, you, you, yeah. linebackers are going to have to retool because you're losing your best player and Nephi Sewell probably. So you're going to have to get some some guys to come in. But man, they'll they'll fix the issues. Utah's going to be way better than any other Pac-12 team to start the season. Next I would year. think so. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, uh, we'll get to more coming up next. Stay tuned. But uh, joining us now, our friend from Premier Wave, Dr. Justin Johnson. What's going on, Dr. Johnson? Hey guys, how you doing? We are doing great. Love what you're doing for our listeners. You're helping a lot of guys out there and uh, giving them a great deal. Yeah, so you know we get a lot of questions about how effective this is and what what entails. So you know, erectile dysfunction really just means any time that you're not functioning at peak performance is some type of erectile dysfunction. Usually, it's actually due to aging. It's an aging process. It's actually the exact same mechanism as heart disease. So you build up plaque in the blood vessels. You lose the signal. You can't get an erection like you could before, those type of things. And so, so many men suffer from it. It's crazy. You know, more than 50% of men over 50 have some type of erectile dysfunction, but you don't need to suffer. There's some really great treatments. And, you know, we have one of the best, if not the best treatments on the market. We have the only uh, machine that was specifically designed for erectile dysfunction. And so what it does is it breaks up the plaque so the signal gets through and you actually grow new blood vessels because you lose blood vessels over time. So it, it's really good in that regard. And then we have some other treatments too. We do some injections that help and some other things. So we're really tuned into um, getting the best result possible. And so if you want to get the best non-surgical result possible, you can come to us because we have the, the best machines, the best protocols, best treatments, we have the great staff. And people are like, well, when's the best time to do it? Now is a great time. You know, one of our specials we're running for the Zone listeners is we're, having, we're offering 0% financing up for 24 months, which is basically like free money. So, you know, I know you're probably paying off credit card debt and whatnot from either the trip to the Rose Bowl or for Christmas. But you don't need to worry because it's not a, a large, large amount of money you have to lay out, you know, whether it's 0% financing. So come on in, get it treated. Now is a great time to do a New Year's resolution to not only improve your life but improve your intimacy as well. All right. Take advantage uh, advantage of it. You heard Dr. Johnson. Now is the time. 385-360-WAVE. 385-360-WAVE. Or uh, go to premierwave.com. That's premierwave.com. Dr. Johnson, thank you very much. Yeah, take care, my friends. All right. Yeah. There you go. We'll have more Jake and Ben coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. 
Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.